You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose, and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about battling fear and encouraging your heart. And this is something that I recently had to go through when I got my wisdom teeth removed. (laughs) And I know you might uh, say like, wow, that's really not that big of a deal, but it kind of was for me. And, um, I want to tell you about kind of what I went through and Jeff and I, my husband actually got our teeth out on the same day. (laughs) We kind of had a little bit, we called it like a date, like a weird marital date. And we both got our teeth out. He only had to get one and I had to get all four, which is just completely unfair. I don't understand that at all, but Now I don't have to worry about it for the rest of my life. So I'm pretty happy about that. But at the time, it seemed really, really unfair. And I remember, you know, um, kind of getting ready for it. We had about a month between our um, examination and then when the actual surgery was scheduled for. And the guy we were going to is amazing. He had over 30 years experience. He was super nice, super relatable. So I trusted him wholeheartedly. So I wasn't worried in that sense. But as he got closer to the day of the surgery, right? Even just saying the word surgery, you're like, oh, it was a big deal. And I think that's partly why I started freaking out. But I noticed that I started getting almost um, like anxiety, like, you know, like fear was starting to rise up in my heart and I was getting anxiety about it, but I couldn't tell you why. Because like I said, I trusted the doctor. Sorry, I trusted the doctor. I knew it was going to be okay. I knew it was such an easy surgery. When we were there for our examination, I think the the lady said that he does like um, 15 surgeries a day or something crazy like that. So it's obviously very textbook, very not a big deal, right? It's crazy that they even call it surgery, but it is. And so I started getting really nervous. And of course, when you tell people that, oh, we're going to get our wisdom teeth out, the first thing that everyone feels like they need to tell you is their horror story (laughs) of how it went horribly, horribly wrong for them. And then your face is like, "Eh." and then they go, oh, but that won't happen to you. And you're like, oh my gosh. And so I was kind of dealing with that as well, but I don't even think that's what was causing my fear because again, I knew it was going to be okay. Like I actually knew that. I knew it wasn't a big deal. I've had many dental procedures, right? I've had fillings and crowns and, you know, this is very different from that. But still, I knew it wasn't a big deal. How many of you know that fear doesn't have to be logical for it to affect you? Fear can sometimes be very illogical or illogical, illogical, whatever. It doesn't need your permission. It doesn't need a logical reason to exist. It's a spirit, right? And so it doesn't necessarily have to exist in the natural realm or make sense in the natural realm for it to come into your heart and start affecting you. And that's what was happening. I couldn't tell you why I was getting fearful. And for some of you right now, you may be going through something where you are in fear or anxiety over something that's about to happen or a procedure or maybe something that has happened or whatever it may be. I feel like this is definitely for you because I know that you know what I mean when I say that you know there's no reason to be afraid. You know there's no reason to be in fear, and yet you are. And that's kind of where I found myself, especially the week leading up to the surgery. It was scheduled for a Friday morning, which was perfect. Um, And so all that week, it was like I went from not caring at all to, oh my goodness, Lord, I need scripture. I need something to stand on because I am starting to freak out a little bit. And um, I came over into Psalm 
23.1. And it says it this way in the Passion Translation. It says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. And it's interesting in the Passion, it shares that the word most commonly used for shepherd here in this verse um, is also the Hebrew word for best friend. This teaches us that a shepherd was not just a responsible overseer, but a caring father figure, tending to his flock out of a deep sense of love. Shepherds were also fierce protectors of their flocks. Jesus is the fierce protector of his people. And when I read that, I thought, oh my goodness, you know what? I don't have a real revelation of how much, not only how much God loves me, but how he's always with me and how his heart is for me. I think sometimes, maybe especially if you grew up Christian like me, I was born again at eight and I grew up in church and I'm very grateful for my upbringing. But sometimes when you're brought up in the Christian faith, it's easy to start taking it for granted. And you start thinking, oh, Jesus loves me, this I know. I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me, right? And we start to take advantage of or or take for granted (laughs) these scriptures. And then when it comes time to actually believe that he's always with me, there's a disconnect, right? Because I started getting into fear. So where's the disconnect happening? And I realized that I wasn't really allowing him to be the shepherd, to be my best friend. He wanted to be, but I needed to shift my thinking into realizing, you know what? Jesus is always with me. That means when I go into my surgery, he's not just kind of up in heaven, kind of checking in and going, oh, Jessica has a surgery today. Let's check in and make sure she's okay. Make sure nothing bad happens, right? And that's kind of how I didn't want to admit it, but I think that's kind of how I saw him. You know, it's like, oh, he's always there. He's going to protect me. He's going to be good, but it's distant, right? And then I began to get a different picture. And I believe God was showing me the truth of how, no, 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 that's not what it is. Jesus was going to be laying in that chair with me, huddled up next to me, just like my cat does when he's tired and he wants snuggles. He's going to be huddled up next to me, holding on to me going, I'm here too. I'm going through this with you too. You're not alone. And his attention was fully, was going to be fully fixed hundred percent on me. That is the power of God. He's omnipresent. He can do this with every single one of his children, if you will let him. He's not up in heaven trying to check in on you and make sure, oh yeah, you had an important meeting. You had an important presentation. Oh yeah, your kids, you know, had something going on. He's not just checking in on you when he needs to, but he is right there with you. He was going to be in the chair with me during my surgery. And then he was going to be in bed with me while I recovered, right? A lot of my fear was actually about the recovery because that's where a lot of people's horror stories were. I trusted the doctor. But he was going to be in that bed with me, recovering with me, sleeping next to me, walking me through everything, eating soup with me, right? He was going to be there with me the entire time. And as God started to paint this picture to me of just literally physically Jesus there with me at all times, the fear didn't just go away, I'll be honest, but it didn't feel as strong. And I realized, yeah, if anything happens, Jesus is with me. And I think sometimes we, we try to, I almost don't want to say it, but we almost try to get religious about our expectations for things. And, and I hope you hear my heart here. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, believe for things, right? 
but I know people who have believed for things and they expected it to turn out a certain way. A lot of times our expectations go on the time frame, right? Okay, God, I'm believing for this, but I'm believing for it in this time frame, right? And God may not be giving you that same time frame. And so it's important for us not to do that because when I was going into the surgery, I thought, okay, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for a perfect surgery, for no dry sockets, for an easy recovery. Like I was starting to get really specific. And even though I think I don't think there's anything wrong with with believing for God's best because I believe that is what God wants for you. But the problem with that is when we put too many expectations on what we want, then the moment something starts to go wrong, the moment that it starts to look like one of those expectations might not be met, then it's really easy for us to then go, oh no, oh no, it didn't work. Right, And then all of a sudden, instead of realizing that Jesus is still there with us, his power is still there to help us through. And his power is just as able and just as willing as it was before. We start to go, oh no, it didn't work. Because I started getting really specific about, I don't want dry sockets. And I wasn't really speaking out of faith. I was speaking out of fear. And that's what I was really afraid of, (laughs) was getting one of those dang things. And so... My husband, Jeff, actually kind of told me one day, I think he could tell that I was really getting into fear over it. They weren't declarations of faith, right? They were, okay, if I say it enough times, maybe I won't get a dry socket. And he he told me, he said, you know what? I'm believing with you that that's not going to happen, right? I believe you're not going to get a dry socket. But he said, even if you did, you're going to be okay. Jesus is with you. And when he said that, that's kind of when I began to have this revelation of, I need a revelation that Jesus is with me. And you know what? By the by, the time I went into that uh, surgery, it was really early in the morning, so I don't remember <laughs> remember it that much. But by the time I did, I was still believing that it was going to go well. I was still believing I wasn't going to have any problems. But I wasn't so focused on, okay, I can't have this, can't have that, can't have this, can't have that. I just said, you know what, Jesus, thank you that you're with me. And you're going to help me through no matter what comes. I, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good experience. It's going to be a great story that my husband and I did it together as a date. (laughs) And you know what? I'm not scared. And that was my statement of faith. And you know what? I didn't get a dry socket. And so if any of you are out there and you're nervous about getting your wisdom teeth taken out, it's really not a big deal. And I believe that you can believe for that and don't let people freak you out. But you also need to get to the point where you're no longer, okay, I'm going to walk in faith and I'm not going to let fear into my heart if boom, 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 if this happens, if this doesn't happen, if boom, 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 boom. And again, you should have faith. You should be expecting God's best. But you need to not have your faith be so fragile that the moment something looks like it's not meeting your expectation, your entire faith just falls apart and you go, it didn't work, it didn't work. Now fear comes flooding in and now you find it almost impossible to stand. That is not true faith. That's kind of like the the ground in Mark 4. Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And one of the grounds, it says some of the seed that the sower sowed fell on stony ground, right? And what is that? That's a little bit of soil and then rock, right? It's a little bit of, of growth area and then nothing, right? And what happens is because the roots have nowhere to go, all of the growth shoots upward. And so it looks like it's growing really, really fast. But then the second that it starts to get high, the roots have nowhere to go. The sun scorches it and it 
it goes away. It dies, right? And sometimes that's how we treat our faith. We go, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe if it happens this way, if it happens this way. And then the second something, something looks wrong, the second the sun comes out, right? The second it might not meet your every little expectation list of a hundred, then all of a sudden you fall over. You're like, no, I can't do this. No, I'm not strong enough. That's not strong faith. You need to start building your faith now, not when you have something that you need to believe for, but build your faith now with a realization that Jesus is with you. Jesus, God God wants to meet our emotional, physical, and spiritual needs. And I don't think sometimes we realize that. You know what? I didn't have a physical need. I mean, I, I believe the surgery would go well, but I had a emotional need. I was dealing with a lot of fear. And you may feel silly for dealing with fear. You may think like, oh, well, God doesn't, you know, I just need to grow up. Amen. I just need to get rid of the fear. And God's not going to deal with that. He's going to provide for me, but it's my job to grow up. Well, you know what? God wants to help you with that too. He's not condemning you. You're condemning yourself. And you need to allow Jesus to meet, meet that emotional need in you as well. And you need to get a revelation that Jesus is always with you. He's your best friend. No matter what situation you're going through or about to go through, you need to start picking Jesus physically with you through every aspect of that journey because only that revelation is what's going to take away all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear and you need to allow the perfect love of God to come over you and to give you a revelation of who he is and how he is never ever going to leave your side.